I'm Peter Malouk. I've got JBB with me on A Thousand Miles from Wall Street. Uh, he's really great at taking complex topics and breaking them down. So I'm going to give you a really complex one today. And, and that's the task of trying to explain currency uh, movement in a way that uh, my teenage kids can understand it. Okay. Well, I appreciate such the easy topic today, Peter. <laughs> um, and so whenever you think about currency, you know, really it, it, it starts with the fact that you have businesses now that are doing you know, they're all over the world. We're not, we're no longer isolated to a single region. It's a global economy. Yeah. I mean, you look at the S&P 500, about 20% of the revenues generated from overseas. If you look at a company like Apple, about 75% of their revenue in the last quarter was actually generated from overseas. And so if, if you're an investor though, in the United States, all you care about is how many dollars. So how many U.S. dollars does somebody make? Right. And, and so if you're Apple and you're selling iPhones in Europe, and you price everything out and you should make $200 if you sell an iPhone. Well, if, if the dollar rallies and goes up relative to that local currency, all of a sudden you just lose earnings overnight. It's not that you did anything wrong. It's just that earnings essentially evaporated because of the fact that your currency rallied relative to the foreign currency that what you're doing business. Now the exact opposite can happen too. And so if you look at the last, you know, right now, 2019 and 2018, you actually had a rally in, in the U.S. dollar relative to foreign currencies because you had uncertainty in different parts of the world. So if people are uncertain, they want United States assets. So whether it's our currency, whether it's our treasury bills, you know, or even our stocks. And so if you're investing in European stocks and you have uncertainty, you move your money to the S&P 500 because there's more certainty there. Mm -hmm. And so money was migrating to United States. Now in 2017, that was the exact opposite. You actually had the dollar decline in value. So instead of evaporating earnings from Apple, all of a sudden they got this huge push in the back. So this money was just essentially magically appearing on their earnings because of the fact that the dollar declined in value. So anytime you hear about politicians talking about currency, manipulation and somebody's, you know, trying to suppress the value of their currency. Well, that's really the driver behind that is that if your currency is weak, it actually helps you as an investor overseas. And so it, it essentially flows money into people's earnings. So walk, just break, break it down a little further for me. Mm -hmm. So you've got somebody who walks into an Apple store in London mm -hmm. and buys an iPhone and their currency, it, let's let's just take today. Give me an example of how that would translate over to the Apple. Yeah, their yeah. So whenever Apple's pricing that out and they're and they're putting that iPhone in the store, they're going to assume that they're going to make some sort of profit for that from that. But then it takes some time to do that, and so they sell iPhones for a quarter, and maybe they think at the beginning of the quarter they should make two hundred dollars an iPhone. Well, if if the U.S. dollar rallies during that quarter five percent, all of a sudden five percent of those earnings just evaporated mm -hmm. because they have to convert it back to dollars. And so it's, and so that's what the investors are most concerned with is ultimately how many dollars is Apple generating. And so you can't have this huge headwind, you know, for global companies out of the United States and investors in the United States, if you have the dollar that's too strong. And so it, it's something that people need to be aware of. It's a pretty complex um, thing to think about. I think a lot of times people will just think of it more on a simplistic value, like, hey, it's a cheap time to go to Mexico and they're offering <laughs> great deals. Um, you know, I have clients that, that are from Canada and, and, and live and work in the United States, but want to have second homes in Canada. You look at what happened with the, the Canadian um, tariff uh, negotiations last year, all of a sudden the Canadian dollar was trading at a significant down, 
discount relative to his historical norm. And so for all the clients who wanted to buy real estate in Canada, it was a great time to do it, it because they're essentially getting to buy those Canadian assets at a discount. So the, the investor can look at it from uh, how this is going to impact my returns mm -hmm. and everybody can look at it from where should I take my next vacation? Exactly. Where should you take your next vacation? So right now, Europe's not a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being with us, Jay. This commentary is provided for general information purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Past performance of any market results is no assurance of future performance. The information contained herein has been obtained from sources deemed to be reliable but is not guaranteed.